It takes the right skills and the right innovation to design and manage meaningful print marketing solutions. Welcome to Podcast from the Printerverse, where we explore all facets of print and marketing that create meaningful communications and business success. Now, here's your host, the intergalactic ambassador to the Printerverse, Deborah Korn. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Podcast from the Printiverse. Today, we are talking to Toby Southeld, the U.S. Director of Color Management at Rico. Hey, Toby. How are you doing? Hey, Deb. Very good. Thanks for having me. I'm really excited. Color is a topic that is really actually heated. It's a heated debate in the industry. So I'm glad that I have someone of your caliber here to uh, have this discussion. So let's start a little bit with your background. Who are you? What do you do at Rico? And how did you come to be there? Yeah, so over 20 years now, I've worked for uh, companies like Xerox, Konica Minolta, Hitachi Printing Solutions, and really several positions ranging from technology services to marketing, consulting, and also sales here in the US and in Europe. What I really always enjoyed most were consulting roles because you really get to see how people work in their environments, what they struggle with, and how they come out with new ideas in their field of expertise. Right now, my current role, I've joined Rico about nine years ago now. For the last four years, or about four years ago, I started the uh, Rico Color Management Program. Uh, started out really small and grew fairly quickly into what it is today. And uh, today in my role, I'm a, essentially a managing director for all things color management related. So I have uh, four color consultants, one color solutions development manager, and uh, they have their regions within the U.S. Uh, where they operate. I still get to see however many customers I like to, I want to see. So this is my perfect spot here. Uh, this is all backed by our 130 color management professional master certified engineers of which 30 are also G7 experts. So I think we're, we're going to talk about the G7 uh, topic in a little bit. But at the end, I think the position that I'm in right now is very rewarding for uh, me, our customers, and uh, also for Rico, because in my current role, I can focus on, or I can learn from our customers what the hot buttons are, how they operate, and then tailor our color management services to fit those exact needs. So what exactly is the RICO Color Management Program, and why did it need to be developed? So initially, we saw a need to enhance our customers' knowledge in color management. Like the, Whenever we look at the printer, we always look at the printer as maybe 20% of the equation. 80% of color management and file prep design, everything that happens up until the printer also plays a huge role. Color management uh, seems to be a hot topic. There are a lot of different opinions on how color should be managed. And ultimately, we wanted to learn from our customers what the color management best practices are and then enable other customers to adhere to a best common best practices. Okay, Toby. So I was a print production manager in advertising agency, and I don't think there's ever was one time I sent a file to a printer that didn't need some sort of help from them. But pretty much color correction, quote unquote, was done in the retouching process of the art and on the press with the pressman adjusting the colors. How is this turned into an industry is my question. 
I think really the reason why it turned into an industry is because with the traditional approach, there's a lot of trial and error, especially if you try and color manage at the printer level in the printer rip. There's a lot of trial and error. Let's say you have a brochure with 20 pages, you print it, the uh, print operator makes some adjustments because maybe the blue bar at the bottom of the brochure didn't come out right, prints it again and again and again. Maybe you can't get to the point where the blue is correct, so it sends it back upstream. Upstream, they'll make some edits, send it back, it goes back and forth. There's always the color management communication was always the critical factor, either between people. So if I tell you um, print a green logo, or if I tell you print a Pantone 363 green logo, in the first case, your room for interpretation is very large. Mm -hmm. Where in the second case, if I very specifically tell you with industry standards what exactly I want, there's virtually no room for argument anymore. So it, it really came down to pursuing a goal. And my goal is to produce the first sellable sheet as quickly as possible with the least amount of resources. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's a great value proposition. I can definitely get behind something like that. So I'm glad that you put it into a term that, that makes sense. Uh, besides, because I think a lot of printers out there just think it's another thing they have to pay into and there's no real inherent value. But what you're saying is inherent value. Is it also because of the new technology? Is digital printing and inkjet pushing a lot of these color management, let's say, issues? Yes, absolutely. I think the reason is actually secondary because of the capabilities of digital. Like Digital is all about short-run, on-demand, quick jobs, just getting it out the door, and more volume in terms of a larger number of jobs, not a larger number of sheets within a job. Every time you have a very large number of jobs, there's always this room for interpretation if the jobs aren't exactly buttoned down with color management. The more jobs you end up having, the more you have to tinker with it, like in that example with the brochure. Now, in the traditional way, let's say you have an offset press and you get a job for 100,000 copies of a certain something that once you dial it in you just go to print and it just prints well if that setup process takes an hour it's not really a big deal because producing the job is going to take two days but if you have a digital device and the job is for only a hundred flyers you can print those in a couple minutes on most of the production devices and spending an hour for setup for those jobs is not feasible Ready to join the conversation? Follow us at Rico Pro Print on Twitter, Rico USA Production Print on LinkedIn, and Rico USA Production Print on Facebook. There's never been a better time to take a look at Rico. Welcome back, everybody. We're talking to Toby Southwell from Rico. You are the U.S. Director of Color Management. So before you mentioned something really important, which is something that in, you know, an expression we use here is garbage in, garbage out. Color <laughs> management really starts with the file. Yes. How is Rico helping designers understand that and helping printers educate them? Yes. So we try to not put too much focus on fixing the printer. I mean, obviously, you need to have a good printing device. It needs to be stable. It needs to be calibrated. Ideally, you want to have it profiled to get the exact color the way you want it out of the printer. But 
at the end of the day, the printer is only 20% of the equation. You know, you have the chief marketing officer who picks a color in the first place. Then uh, you have designers that hopefully work on screens that are calibrated so they show the color correctly. You have the pre-press operators and finally the press operators to get the job out. So really 80% of it happens upstream. At Rico, our color management philosophy is very holistic. We want to make sure that we incorporate every possible part from the inception of the design all the way down to when the piece is produced in print. Or maybe even if it goes uh, towards uh, website development, for instance. Since nowadays, there's uh, marketing campaigns contain so much more different types of media, including augmented reality and mm -hmm. printing and all types of media. So this is a really large environment that we need to look at. The benefit that we have within Rico is that we have 130 uh, color management certified engineers. Uh, they work day to day with our customers. Mm -hmm. We certified them in color management as a Idea Alliance color management professional masters. Then 30 out of those, 130 are also G7 experts. That's another specialty expertise. And five, the five people that report to me, they are full-time color management consultants that really, all they do is color management all day long on any device from any manufacturer. So we, we don't discriminate at Rico. If you have a competitive device, then we'll help you color manage that device. Because ultimately, you buy monitors from company A, you buy scanners from company B, you buy production printers from company C and proofers from company D. But company A, B, C, and D come out and train you on their products, but they don't train you on how to use all of those devices together. With all of the resources that we fortunately have within Rico. We always have at least a few people that know something about whatever topic you may get yourself into. And with Rico being as large as we are, we can manage moving people between territories, helping each other out, and ultimately have a, a pool of probably, say, 300 years worth of color management knowledge wow. from offsets, printing, to uh, gravure, to proofing, to uh, design, of course, and also into marketing. I've, I've been in marketing myself. So I'm occasionally working with marketing companies and marketing executives to help them pick appropriate colors. If you pick a very bright orange or a neon type color for your company logo, you just need to know that this is going to be very expensive to produce accurately in the future. If you pick something that can be reproduced with a CMYK printer, like a, a brownish color, for instance, typically very easy, then it's going to be very inexpensive. So, But you need to know this as a marketing executive. And that kind of goes back to the looking at the 100%, not just the printer, but, right. but all of it. Okay, so Toby, there's a lot of presses out there. And when the I hear the manufacturers speak at them at events, it almost seems like there has so much attention paid to the color management skills of the devices that they can almost just be plugged in, for lack of a better term, and you push print and no color management tweaking is needed at all. First of all, is that something you agree with? And is that something you agree with? To a certain degree. So on one hand, I'm a proponent for having as many tools and gadgets as anyone can possibly afford. <laughs> so the more buttons you can push, the better. 
But then I also see that there is some kind of increasing trend to rely on this green button approach, mm -hmm. which at the same time comes with a decline of print operator knowledge to a point where a lot of print operators even start losing or maybe not even getting in the first place and really the fundamental color management knowledge. Fundamental color management is really not that difficult, but once you know how it works, you can apply it to virtually any color device from scanners, monitors, cameras to printers, of course. But without it, you're pretty much at the mercy of guesswork. So if the device is self-adjusting, that may work to a certain degree, but you, know, you can have the best, most accurate, perfect printer in the world. But if the files that ultimately get to it have some kind of problems, then it'll perfectly print all of those problems. So the you know, having yeah. a perfect printer really only goes so far. Because again, it's just the printer is only 20% of the equation. You have made such a great point too about the fact that Anybody thinking that way will bypass educating the operators, and that mm -hmm. is a bad idea. Yes. So technically, or in your experience, how much tweaking is actually required once a new press hits a shop floor? And what are some of the factors that can affect it? For example, you know, we all hear that humidity in a press room is something that affects paper. Is there any sort of environmental conditions that could affect color management? Yes, absolutely. I've actually seen it firsthand myself uh, with one of our customers in Hawaii. Oh, yeah. I was. <laughs> well, I'm a little <laughs> jealous you went to Hawaii. That's more so than the. I'm sorry, your customer had problems, but yes. I wasn't on that trip. Yeah, yeah. Pointing that out, Toby. It was terrible. Sunny and stuff. Warm. Was, Poor Toby. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it was the best example I have. They were operating inside of a warehouse. The mm -hmm. uh, so the printer, paper, everything was inside the warehouse. And every time the paper delivery guy came and the door went up, like this big warehouse door, it's virtually always 80, 90, so 100% humid in Hawaii. So the, the environment inside the room changed dramatically every time that door went up. If it stayed up for more than 30 minutes, we could literally see a color shift going on at the wow. machine level. Is it because of the paper? Well, especially in the toner world, there's mm -hmm. so many moving parts. You know, you oh. you have the drum. The drum gets charged electrically. Then you have the transfer of the toner to the drum. Then the transfer from the drum to the paper. There's so many moving pieces. It's actually actually surprising that it works in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's very funny. Humidity and temperature are really the two culprits when it comes to color management issues, at least as far as environment goes. So is there an optimal measurement for color management? I mean, obviously, if you're dealing with like, let's just use the example everyone does, a very large global soda company that has a brand <laughs> yes. color, mm -hmm. right? And that brand color is on a bottle, it's on a shelf label, it's on a, the packaging, it's on the display next to it. Now, the naked eye can see a slight variance in that, but is that what this is really based on or is this all really relegated to some standard that only a spectrometer can see? It typically depends. It depends on what is being produced. In plastics manufacturing, for instance, we're talking about something called uh, delta E of one. So delta E being the amount of color variance. The lower the number, the better. 
one is virtually indistinguishable with with the human eye. So if you have in plastics manufacturing, you you have two different parts that will ultimately be stuck together. They, they should match as closely as possible because once they're touching each other, you'll see the difference much more than when they just when they're separate. In the printing industry, we typically allow a, a delta E of five wow. on the average measurements. Where um, somewhere around a delta E of two or three is where most people start seeing a visual difference. So even on something like Grackle, which is the you could call it the gold standard of the CMYK printing industry, we allow a delta E of five. So so there is a little bit of slack there. That's because you want to make sure that when you have an industry standard in place, that you actually have people who can hit this industry standard. So that if I give my job to company A, and then the next time maybe printing something in LA, I'm giving it to the printer in LA, they adhere to Grackle specifications on the devices that they have. And next week, I want to launch a campaign in New York. I'll send it to the printer in New York because I know they also adhere to Grackle specifications. Then both of those outputs from, from both facilities, no matter what type of devices they have, if they adhere to the Grackle specification, they should look somewhat close to each other to a point where we would say it's acceptable. It's a common visual appearance. The RICO Commercial and Industrial Business Printing Group is pleased to be a pioneer in this journey with Print Media Center for podcasts from the Printerverse. RICO drives success in all areas of your operation with a customer-centric approach to business. RICO offers a full range of customized consulting services executed by a team of seasoned print production, workflow, and color management specialists who have decades of proven real-world practical experience. We invite you to learn more at takealookatrico.com. There's never been more to see. That's take a look at Rico.com. Since you brought it up and you said the word certification, <laughs> and anyone who kind of uh, pays attention to me knows that G7 is usually something that sets me off because <laughs> yes. I don't really still don't see any way that anyone's monitoring daily or weekly or even monthly that anybody is adhering to these standards beyond them saying that they are. Mm -hmm. So RICO has their own certification. Then some of your people have G7. Then yesterday I just learned about some certification from GMI. How in God's name do all of these work together? And what is a printer supposed to do? How do they know which one to follow? Yes, that's a great question. It's, if you ever get one compelling answer to that, then uh, that you would essentially have the holy grail. <laughs> I'm working on it, Toby. I'm hoping you can help me here because yes. otherwise I sit here going, I don't get it. Ultimately, what it comes down to is the end customer. Who are you as a printing business catering to? A small business who's catering to the immediate community with mostly walk-ins it would be completely overkill to go with a standard operating procedure that incorporates Grackle specifications because their end customers just wouldn't really care about it. For that type of environment, I would say go with G7 Grayscale. G7 is a method of calibration that eliminates color cast. It won't allow you to accurately print the color of that large beverage company you mentioned earlier, but the output will be consistent and fairly similar even across multiple devices. And that's, in most cases, what those businesses care about and those businesses' customers care about. 
Now, what about the larger printers that do get those jobs where color is crucial? For those, I recommend adhering to an industry standard that allows them to control their customer's brand as much and as well as possible. And in many of these types of cases, you're also dealing with spot colors, but that's that's a whole nother topic in itself. So really, the answer to your question is, it depends. Who are you catering to? And do you need to prove to your end customer that you're adhering to their exact specifications? Now, to the second part of your question, there are indeed a whole lot of different standards and certifications out there. I'd say the G7 term is probably the best known and most misunderstood. This is another one of those topics we could probably talk about for hours. But in short, G7 experts are people who learned the process and passed the exam. G7 masters are facilities who hired a G7 expert and learned how to apply the G7 calibration methodology. A G7 certified system is typically related to software and its ability to create G7 calibration curves. And uh, last but not least, there is no such thing as a G7 certified printing device. For printing device certification, there's something else called the digital device certification. Manufacturers can go through this testing process to have a type of device tested. And if it passes, all devices of the same type can be called digital press certified device. So you're not actually buying that specific device that has been tested, but a device of the same kind, which I would say, considering today's manufacturing standards, it's pretty much the same thing. Now, all of our Rico production printers are digital press certified. And what that really means at the end of the day is you're buying a professional grade device that allows you to produce high quality sellable output. Okay, that makes sense. So, but how does that fit in now to Rico having its own certifications on your own machines? Yes. So this is all under the Idea Alliance umbrella. So you have mm -hmm. the digital press certification. The digital press certification is a certification of a device it's, or a group of devices. So what we did at Rico, for instance, is we took one of our production devices that came out of our production we ran through the process of getting it certified, just as one device. Mm -hmm. And now we can say that all of those same devices, all the new ones that come off of the factory, all of those same devices are also digital press certified. And it, it means that it passed a rigorous process of testing the outputs, testing it colorimetrically, but also how well the toner sticks on the paper, how you can, whether or not it adheres to it. A lot of other things from front to back, the color registration, the registration from sheet to sheet and those kind of things. So if you work with somebody who offers you a digital press certified device, that's not necessarily specifically the device that you purchase. The tests have been done on some other device, the same type of device. But it is fairly safe to assume that on a digital press certified device, you will be able to adhere to Graco specification and to G7 specifications. And you're, you're essentially buying a device that has been tested through Alliance. Very cool. That's good to know. Thank you so much, Toby. You've been really informative. And I know that you said that you travel to see customers. Do you ever get to speak at events or anything like that? Yes. 
Yes, I speak at events like uh, Graph Expo or the print shows, the uh, SGIA, for instance, or IPMA mm -hmm. at our own shows. Of course, uh, we frequently host what we call VIP shows or large customer events. I frequently get to do this. And uh, it's one of the things that I actually enjoy most about my job. Well, I'm really excited. I'm going to actually come to the Experience Center there in Boulder in a couple of weeks. So I'll get to meet you in person. Oh, perfect. And thank you so much for your time. We can argue about G7 a little more while I'm there. Okay. <laughs> Even though you've made some good points, you're convincing me that it's not crazy. So thank you for that. And thanks for your time. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me. You've been listening to podcasts from the Printerverse. We'd love to hear your feedback on our shows and topics that are of interest for future broadcasts. Please connect with us through printmediacenter.com. And don't forget to subscribe to our podcasts for alerts on new shows. Until next time, thank you for joining us and listening to podcasts from the Printerverse. Print long and prosper. Print long and prosper.